everyone and welcome to another episode of From the Lighthouse. I'm Stephanie and I'm joined here today by Dr. Lee O'Brien. Hi Lee. Hello Stephanie. And Dr. Jeff Payne. Hi, Hi Jeff. Stephanie. <laughs> so we wanted to get together again because we had so much fun talking about Jane Austen Yay. Um, that we couldn't help ourselves and we wanted to talk about a specific Austen novel. And because in our last podcast, the um, the consensus was that Pride and Prejudice was the favourite of, of two of the three panellists, um, we've decided to start with Pride and Prejudice. I mean, it is the big one, so it was kind of the most obvious place to start. So, Lee, this was this was your idea. You're going to put, yeah, oh, okay, put me on the spot. I'm going to put yeah, you yeah, on the yeah, spot. Yeah. Why, why do you love Pride and Prejudice? Why is it the novel that it is? I've, I've been reading... I've been reading Jane Austen for so long, and um, I I just think the whole the characters work brilliantly. We've got Lizzie and Darcy, so we've got two of the most attractive romance characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lizzie, I think um, Jeff and I were talking about Emma the other day, and and how Emma is is a character that it, it's sometimes very hard to like, but Lizzie is a very likable character, mm-hmm. and she does develop, I think, in a very interesting way throughout the novel. So it's that characterization. It's the whole setup. It's just a perfect romance setup. And it does what romance does. It draws you. I picked it up last week and I just couldn't put it down. I just had to keep reading. So it's the power of the characterization. The class politics are fascinating. And for me, as always, I'm fascinated in the way Austen represents families. Families are deeply problematic entities in Austen, and here, um, really more so than most, I think. Both, both um, Darcy's Lady Catherine de Bourgh, the monstrous woman, <laughs> and and of course Lizzie's vulgar, oh, frightening family. Um, <laughs> although I had a very different response to Mr. and Mrs. Bennet this time around, we might get back onto that later. So, mm. I've always said um, I think this is a perfect romance novel. Mm. It, it, it really defines the genre. So that's why I love it and I keep coming back to it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the kind of uh, romance text, you it know, is, the couple that it? hate each other. At, at yes, initially. the antagonism, yeah. then the deep enduring love mm. and, and the coming together against all obstacles because you think at certain points in the text they're just never going to get together. So much is working against them. and I Especially I, Lizzie. Yeah. Yes. Yes, especially Lizzie. Who, yes, who the willfully, heroine is really dragging her feet, isn't she? Who willfully refuses yes, to acknowledge yes, any of the uh, yeah, the yeah. signs or cues that that come from Darcy from such an early point in the novel. Every time I read it, I'm surprised by how quickly Darcy turns around. Yeah. That's so true, and I, I felt that reading it. I was a little bit less taken by the romance plot this time around, I must say. But, yeah... Um, it is interesting, isn't it? That uh, it's so it's that overcoming obstacles, and that you know the whole pride and prejudice. You can there there are these <coughs> things within the characters that have mm. to be defeated in order for love to conquer all. Yeah. So I mean that's a nice idea, isn't it? Love conquering all. We're, we're going to yeah. go with that one, aren't we? I mean it's yeah, yeah it's very comforting. It's yes. it's lovely to read. Yes. It's it's endlessly yes. re-readable, endlessly yes. entertaining. Yes. And it's a rescue into love, yeah. which I think Austen does brilliantly. Yeah. There's the terrible surrounding families and social situations, and these two decent people must be rescued from that. That's a lovely idea. Mm. And rewarded. And rewarded, yeah. yes, yeah. for being decent, nice human beings. Yeah. yeah. I think you, when you were talking about the, the way in which the novel is so interested in family and relationships and that the connection between different levels of the the social strata and the way in which that operates. It's a novel that has this really underlying serious political interest, mm. which remains really pertinent today, mm. but manages to do it by using a, a plot that is fun, mm. characters that yeah. are engaging yes. in, in lots of different ways and so not just the central characters no, right Lizzie Lizzie right. is a great yes wonderful central character she's so yeah. energetic and lively yeah. she's so flawed she's witty, yeah. she's witty, witty but you know yeah. she's not perfect no no, no, um, no but alongside that central figure there are so many other wonderful oh, 
portraits, yes. caricatures. Yes. Um, yeah. Mr. Like Mr. Collins is one of and, yeah, and, he's and one of the great. He's one of the great characters in, characters in, in the picture. Yeah. He, he's yeah. so well drawn. He, yeah. He's so. Yeah. I mean, he's so larger than life, but he's also so real. And he condemns himself out of his own mouth because it's all the letters and the things that he says. Yeah. Yeah. It's her irony works over time. With, with but even the more subtle, subtle yeah. figures like Charlotte Lucas, oh. who. Is, yes. is a peripheral character, yes. but at the same time, she's God, she's given yes. such depth and the, yes. the, the the thinking through her, yes. the machinations of her mind, and yes. she is a good friend to Lizzie. But at the same time, she's very self interested, and it's always about yes. how she you know yes. got her eye on the advantage. Yes. The way in which the the novel, in in very subtle ways, um, builds such um, clear pictures of character oh, yes. with such um, simplicity and such yes. elegance. I think. In our last Jane Austen podcast, Steph, you mentioned the line mm. about Mary. Yeah, so the line that I mentioned in the last podcast was um, she just says about Mary, um, she wanted to say something clever but didn't know how. <laughs> didn't know how. Isn't that the most beautiful descriptor what, of what character? A, what a put down. What a put down, <laughs> but it's it's just it's character description in one sentence. It, it gives oh, you so much yes. information about mm. her. And it's beautifully malicious. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing is that Jane Austen is the most brilliant social observer. Oh, she is. And I she mean, has you think cruelty that, to her that I love. Yeah, and you, you think you, she must have known many Mr. Collins <laughs> oh, to, to draw yes, on this, this, this wonderful yes, character who yes, is so yes. pathetic and funny in the way that Mr. Collins is. But I really like the point Jeff makes about um, Charlotte Lucas because her... Her situation is desperate, isn't it? And it really mm. exposes mm. the marriage market for exactly what it is. Mm. Yeah. It's you buy and sell and you have to go for the highest bidder because this is the only way you're going to be able to get a decent life in material terms. Mm. She's going to pay a terrible price for it given the man that she has to marry and his servile toadying ways to Lady Catherine de Bourgh. But it, it really makes you see that once you narrow women's options, you turn them into really quite awful people. They have to, mm. you know, as you say, she, she's jockeying for position and it's all, she's Lizzie's friend, but, but she needs to marry. Yeah. And, and she needs, so, you know, the, the, there's a section um, where, where Colonel Fitzwilliam and Darcy are continually visiting the parsonage. Yes. Mm. And... We get Charlotte's perspective on the whole thing, and she's trying to work out what's going on, and yeah. if maybe Lizzie will marry Colonel Fitzwilliam, or whether yeah. Darcy's interested in her. Lizzie has no; she keeps on laughing off the possibility. Yes, that, yes, um, yes. That that either of the them could be interested yeah. in her, although she's a little bit disturbed about the idea of Colonel Fitzwilliam, even more because she doesn't even credit Darcy. No, no. no. Um, but Charlotte Lucas is is very carefully thinking through, well, if she marries Colonel Fitzwilliam, yes. he can't advance she, Mr. Collins in the church, whereas Mr. Darcy could, so she would prefer her to marry Darcy, yes. although oh, Fitzwilliam right. would be a, a, a second yeah. option. She's so calculating. She, she's got this eye on not yes. only her own yes. marriage market potential, yeah, but then also yeah. those around her who can also then advance yeah. her socially. She's like a plotter, isn't she? Yeah, yeah she, she is. is. But, that, but she has to be. She has to be. Yeah, yeah. she has to be. And that's, yes. what, and that's what Austin is so clever yes. at doing. You yes. know, she's showing that, that in this world, you get jobs via who you know, via the connections that you have. You have yeah. to, as a woman, she doesn't have the option to no. just go out and apply for a job and build a life. She no. has to do all of this. Mm. And that's why she's the way she is and and so when she points out to to um to Lizzie that this is a yes this is a calculated move but it's also a necessary one yes. you you position to go well actually yeah. that's true that's true and i mean yeah. one of the you know other wonderful things about the novel is it's so um acerbically satirical of the people who refuse to see the world for what it is. Yes. At the same time, it is satirical of those people who do see the world yes. for what it is. So yes. it really yes. is, you know, Mrs. Bennet is treated oh. scathingly in the presentation, hmm. but it's because she refuses to pretend that reality is, is something other, other than what than it, it is. is. See, uh, yes. She knows yes. that yes. her daughters need to marry well because yes. otherwise they will, yes. by their standards, yes. be... Yes. Will be poor. They, they will be failures. They they will not mm. have a life. See, I and she I, herself as well. You oh, know, yes. when Mister yeah. Bennett dies, yeah. she will have nothing. Her daughters will yes. have nothing. Yeah, mm. so she knows this. She, See, I was much more sympathetic to her in this reading. I've always sort of taken her 
at the valuation that the narrative gives, which is that she's a profoundly vulgar and stupid woman. Mm. But I was really struck this time mm. around with her loyalty to her daughters. Mm. Mm. She actually cares, and she's doing the best she knows how to do. Mm. And I just felt so much more un sympathetic understanding of her as a character. There's a depth there. And, and but it, because it's Austen, she doesn't buy that cheaply. She doesn't make give her a heart of gold or something. No, like no, none, no, none of that no. stupidity. She she is a stupid, vulgar woman, but she's also again she's doing what she can do to exactly. help her daughters. Yep, and she knows what the future's going to hold. She does. She's very. Yes. She she's right in a way yes. that that it's really important for her daughters to marry well yes. and that one daughter marrying well is going to be the means by which the other daughters have a chance to marry well. Yeah, what is it? The trickle-down effect or the yeah. butterfly Yeah, and it will throw them into the company of other rich of men. Of other rich men. And that's exactly yes. right. Yes. And that's exactly yes. what yes. Jane and Lizzie's yes. marriages are yes. going to do. And Mr Bennett won't do much to bring it about. Well, no. you know, his kind of idealism is also yeah. exposed because, yeah. you know, mm. he, he, he admits himself that his plan had always been to have a son. Yes. yes. And that that was going to fix all the problems. Right. But he couldn't have a son. There, there was so, no son, yeah. and he had no he had no plan no B. No plan B. There, yes, there was right. no other yeah. mechanism. No, to, no. So you know he no. doesn't want to play the vulgar game no. of selling his oh, no, daughters off in the, the no. marriage market. No. But the the other option mm. then is for him to die, and for them either to you know mm. be like Lydia and expose themselves yeah. to. Yeah. Um, Unscrupulous man. Unscrupulous yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, there is also, you know, this kind of faith that because they don't actually have any money, no unscrupulous men will actually be interested in them. But, of course, we see that there is a lie in yeah. that, although, again, we might yeah. talk a little bit later about, about the Wickham the wise of and Lydia. Wise yeah. of Wickham. Yeah, mm -hmm. like I've been thinking a lot about that since our chat the other day. That was You, you raised a fascinating question. <laughs> but just staying with Mr Bennett, I guess partly... Um, because I've been reading so much Georgette Heyer, um, I thought he was a wonderful reading of what you get down the track with the, the kind of hero in yeah. of the romance novel. So he's got all those kind of flaws because, um, you know, he's 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 actually quite a weak character. He is a weak character. But he... Mm -hmm. Because of his maleness and because of you know his his intelligence as he sees it, he sort of can pretend to himself that he that he has certain virtues that yeah. his vulgar wife lacks. And it's very easy to read the novel and and say, well, Mister Bennett is, is is clever and he's funny and he you know understands Lizzie and sees her worth and th so therefore like yes. him. But what what all that he's really done, as Jeff said, is he's you know his plan A has failed. He's got no plan B, so he just retreats into his study and makes yes. fun of his wife and his yes. children and his neighbours yes. and his neighbours and he doesn't yes. actually protect. Them, no, he doesn't. And no, he exposes no. Lydia yes, really, and yes. and lets her expose herself. Yes. Um. And so he has yes. actually yes. been the seed of his own kind yes. of misfortune. There's a section in the novel where the narrator actually talks about their marriage. This is what happens in a marriage when there is initial attraction, but in but the, in the wife, there's yeah. nothing else. But it also rebounds on on Mr. Bennett too. This is mm. because he's clearly an attractive man. He's had some wealth and position. He's like your classic mm. Regency buck kind yeah. of hero. And he's married a silly woman. But he's married mm. a silly woman. But he's got his own versions of silliness. So it's like mm. it's like the kind of classic romance pairing. That's that's allowed to go off. Yeah, <laughs> it's like putting a bowl of milk in the sun. You know, it just it just goes sour. Mm. Yes, and I mean he, he he's redeemed because he's aware of his failings and he's mm. happy to be laughed at and to laugh at himself as much as he laughs at other people. Yes, yes. So so you know to an yeah. extent, I think that's partly why for me anyway he yeah. he is a more endearing character mm. because he at least has some perspective of of his own limitations. He cautions Lizzie against marrying Darcy because he recognises yes, the failure of his own marriage mm. yes, the marriage of unequal he does he says that doesn't yeah. he don't don't, yeah. don't 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 make the same mistake that yes, i did don't do that so he's got that serious side to it mm. um yeah he doesn't always pay attention to lizzie and that no. costs him dearly yeah. because yeah. he allows lydia yeah. to go off to yeah. brighton that's right there's that long mm. conversation where she tries to warn him mm. and, he, and he takes and he just now she doesn't tell him about 
what she's discovered about Wickham. No. And, but she just says no, that Lydia she, will yes. make a fool of herself, basically. That yes. she's determined yeah. to make a fool of herself, yes. and she yes. does. And, and yeah. he's, he's happy for her to do so. He says that she's going to make a fool of herself sometimes, yeah. Yeah. right, yeah. and yeah. at least she'll yeah. be... Yeah. And you can see there that he's kind of valuing his, his desire to kind of sit there and laugh at her. Oh, yes. Over... Yes, that you that's know parental right. care that, and that control. male privilege yeah. to sort of wash his hands and sit back and watch the silly women. Yeah, mm. I mean, a lot of Austen's novels are about the failure of patriarchy. Mm. Yeah, and he is a failed patriarch. Yeah, he he mm. um, has only fathered daughters. He hasn't managed to carry on the male line. Yeah. He doesn't have authority. He doesn't have control, self control. He doesn't have any of those classical masculine mm. virtues that True. underpin the patriarchy. Mm. Um, and I think that what's interesting for me as well is that it isn't a disaster. And I mm. think that's one of the really interesting things about Austen is that you don't actually need the strong patriarch. Mm. The caveat is, does Darcy, does Darcy does, step, in? Does step, in step in and fulfill in that and role? Mm. Is, he, is he potentially mm. The, the, mm. the more apt patriarch? Mm. Um, yeah. Well, he's certainly the better... <clears throat> the better patriarch in terms of care of his estates and kind of, um, yes. you know, the way he's he's seen as the, the ultimate kind of um, master. He of, looks after yeah. his servants well. Exactly. Pemberley is very, he's he's a, is a rationally mm. run estate. Everybody's happy. Mm. His, his servants mm. love him. The, even the, the grounds are beautiful to reflect oh, his, his, yes, his wonderful <laughs> patronage of, of, of Pemberley, yeah. But, he, but he's not the only option for getting by in the no. world. That's right. Because Bingley yeah. gets by well, and he's Bingley's, not Darcy. Would you yeah. call Bingley and, a failed patriarch? Yes. Mm, so would I. Mm. Yes. Mm. Well, I think almost all the... the Darcy mm. is the only mm. potential mm. successful patriarch, mm. but we don't know yet. He's unresolved. Yes, I agree. Um, and that's what troubles me a little bit about the novel because I, I used to think, oh, this is a perfect romance. Everybody's happy and Lizzie and Darcy are going to be fine. And this time I was reading it and I was thinking, no, it's more open than that. Yes. yes. Well, and they really are still mismatched. Yeah, they are. They are indeed. Well, remember yes. uh, Mr Bennett yes. says at Bingley that everyone's got to cheat them out of their money and because he, they're too good-tempered. And, and Lydia and Wickham are doing it. Remember yeah. they say they come and stay with them. And, All the time. For so long. Yeah. And they actually um, get around to saying, well, thinking that they might ask them to leave, but they never do. So yeah. they're clearly going to be sponged off for they're the rest just, of their life. They're kind of this merry couple that, that everyone takes mm. advantage of because they're not, mm. they don't have the kind of yeah. marriage of wit and intelligence that, yes. that, um, that Elizabeth and Darcy have. Wickham's a touchstone, isn't he, um, uh, uh, to judge all the other males, how the other males cope with the, the threat that Wickham represents. Mm. And That's I think a good point. Uh, Bingley doesn't doesn't manage to to circumvent him, and neither does Mister Bennett, because I think Mister Bennett's weakness really comes out when Darcy has to come in, and it costs a lot of money. Yeah, to and pay save off the family debts where Mister mm. Bennett can't. And what's you know, yeah. Mister Bennett then you know, imperiously uh, states that Wickham is never coming to oh, yes. the house, right. and then and then he the does. Next, Scene, yeah. there's Wickham at the house with Lydia. Yeah, charming everyone, flirting with everyone. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Lydia, what is it? Unbowed. Lydia was Lydia still. Yeah. See, I love that in the mm. novel. Now, Lydia I'm, I'm fascinated. Never, you, yeah. you made a comment uh, that Jeff made an interesting comment about Wickham the other day, and I want to know what oh, the yes. interesting comment about Wickham was. Well, we were talking about. Pride and Prejudice, as one does while we have this. This is really why we have this podcast. We just want to. It's all we ever do, really. Yeah, yeah. Sit down and talk about Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah. Other people can listen to it. Yeah, that's right. But I should let Jeff, because Jeff really asked this fascinating question about the whole. It's a question that has just troubled me for a while. That in my last few readings is, and I think I have spoken to you about this before, Steph, as well. Why does Lydia elope? I mean, why does Wickham elope, elope with, with Lydia? Lydia? What's in it for him? Yes. What's, What's in, in it, it for, for him? him? Because yeah. for me, the argument that it's all about lust, which mm. I think you've suggested in the past, is potentially there, but he's got had lots of opportunities. He's got lots of opportunities to satisfy mm. his lust, and there's a lot of in a lot trouble less that yes. comes with yes. eloping with Lydia. Yes. Yeah. So it's suggestive that he's maybe got some kind of insight into... So either he's got a misconception about yeah. the family's state of finances and the relationship with 
aunt and uncle gardener and the amount of money they've got. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or he's got some kind of foresight about the potential connections between Lizzie, Lizzie and, Darcy and Darcy that mm. he wants to exploit because so much of his energy is about exploiting Darcy. is yeah. put into exploiting But that would, that would require a level of kind of forethought and understanding of Darcy that I don't necessarily think he has. Yeah. Like he would well, have so to, that's why it's yeah. troubling to me that that... that well, maybe his plan is, you know, elope with Lydia, never intending to marry, just intending to ruin her and then kind of deposit her back and say, well, you know, she was up for it. Well, well you know, like, what what am I supposed to do here? I, and he never expected it to go kind of to the point that it did. Potentially, that's yeah. one kind of reading. I like your lust argument because <laughs> one of the things that I was sort of worrying about with the novel this time around is how sexuality is there but not there as it is in Austen and I was thinking of the difference between Mr Knightley and Emma and how it's implied in in Emma you understand the depth of Mr Knightley's um, sexual response to Emma sort of subterraneanly all the way through the novel and I was thinking in Pride and Prejudice it's not quite those undercurrents are not can you have clear undercurrents they're not, <laughs> they're not quite so much there in pride and prejudice and I, I was thinking that is a problem maybe with the novel when i was reading it this time around but i still think your lust argument holds water mm. with wickham but i was thinking about what jeff said i don't think we can underestimate the ruthlessness of wickham mm. And I was thinking the only answer to your question, because as soon as you said that, I, I thought, well, yes, it, it sort of just happens in the novel. And you think, well, why? What a stupid thing for him to do. And he's and he's ruthless, but he's not stupid. No, he's not. And I was thinking, we, we learn about his debts. He's got huge debts. Yeah. He has to leave Meryton. He, he gets to, is it Meryton, the, the town? Yeah. He gets to the point where he just can't keep afloat anymore. And I was thinking that he elopes with Lydia because he's become so desperate. He knows he has to precipitate a scandal. Mm. He has to flush Darcy out of the woodwork. He has to make them all pay attention. And he has to present himself as a real problem to them, a problem to the Bennets and a problem to Darcy. But he can only have that plan if he understands that there is some kind of connection between Darcy and the Bennets, which... At That's that true. point in the, the, the narrative, there's, it, there's little there's to, to suggest. No. Okay. I mean, there is perhaps an argument that the spurned lover yes. is able to see attention yes. where... So we're, we yeah. as readers are all aware that Darcy is interested in Lizzie, even if Lizzie very, willfully yeah. refuses mm. to see that, Liz, mm. that, that, that that's a possibility. Yes. And presumably Wickham, as an observer, who does seem to exhibit a, an attraction towards Lizzie and they, there's mm. that conversation where he says you know were, were circumstances different I, you understand yes he would ask yeah, her yeah. But, but that can't be yeah, so there is that yeah. no, that's true. sexual so that's attraction a there yeah so you're but, right but, but he, he doesn't he, know that he can at the stage in the novel you're saying he doesn't know that he can get to Darcy through a scandal well there's the no reason yeah. for him, for him to, to suppose that. that if he elopes with Lydia so that Darcy to, will step in and provide so money because in. they're over remember yes. when this is happening yes. she's in Pemberley so she's way up north yes. and they're in Brighton right yes. so while she yes. while while Lizzie and Darcy are moving closer together yes. he's seducing Lydia yes. so they're not it's not like he can see that happening. No. However, as as Jeff says, he has seen that they have a connection when they're both in Meryton because they do talk and flirt and so forth at, at dances. Elizabeth, Elizabeth and Darcy, I mean, yes. there is a kind yes. of flirting at and least so in their own way. Understand. Yeah. And in the final conversation yes. that he and Lizzie have prior to the elopement, yeah. where he, he solicits her... And asks her about whether her opinion of Darcy has has changed, and she signals that her that her opinion has changed, that she no longer has, has quite the same view on him as she previously had, yes, nor of Wickham. Yes, yes. Um, and and maybe given that Wickham has already observed Darcy's apparent interest in her, maybe he's yes. you know making it. But it still seems like a giant leap because, it does. as we know, I think you're right. I think mm. it is a giant leap. 
And you have to make so many assumptions, mm. a lot of assumptions about Wickham, just how ruthless, how a sexual predator like that can recognise the sexual signs in other people. But, I, but see, I, Charlotte Lucas has recognised it already. So mm. she has? Okay. Um, yeah, so if Charlotte... The, the one we, person who hasn't recognised it is Mrs Bennett, and she's normally got her eye really handy on the... She does. The possibility And he's for, been so... Yes, she hates him, and she's... He's been so rude. Yeah, she misreads. I, so I don't know. I think you're right. I still think, therefore, that my my fine idea about Wickham just being just, it's like a final roll of the dice for him. I don't think it holds water because of what you've said. He doesn't. There's no way that he can know, and there's no way we're told in the novel that he can know that Lizzie and Darcy are going to be together. So therefore, and the Bennets are no help to him. So but maybe he does think. Swine, but he? maybe he does think that the gardeners are going to step forward, because yeah. that's what they do. They do yes. step forward. They can't step <coughs> forward to the extent that is required. So Darcy still has to step so forward. So he thinks. Well, I mean, we're not like we're not given that knowledge explicitly either, because no. Mr. Yeah. Gardner says no. that he wanted to, to, to step to, forward, to, to step forward, yes. and provide the money to. But Darcy stepped in. But Darcy steps in and won't it. let him do it. Do it's it. not that he can't, can't do it. but Darcy won't let him do it. That's right. Yeah. So maybe his Wickham's assumption is that you know the Bennets have a rich trade, um, you know, a rich family in trade, extended family in trade. So therefore, that this is a, a untapped gold mine that he can tap and, into. And he's so desperate. And whatever he's, fortune yes. he can get his hands on so at this stage at is this stage valuable enough yes. to him. Add the last because I still think you're right because there's that conversation, there's that narrative bit where it, uh, the narrator says that um, Wickham's Wickham's feelings for Lydia faded a lot more quickly than Lydia's mm. faded for mm -hmm. him. So the implication is, therefore, that he did, there was something mm. that he saw in her. And I, I think you're right. I think it's lust. I think it's sex. Mm. Um, because Lydia is a very... I was saying there's no sex in the novel. Why is sex obsessed? Lydia <laughs> is, is very... She, she's sexual. She's, yeah. she's overtly sexual in a way that the others aren't. Yeah, that's right. So he and and she's a kind of a player in the way that he is, although she can't be completely as a young woman. Mm. She'll grow into it. She's mm. still only what is she sixteen, fifteen or sixteen? Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah. Um, so I I think she's got. I thought originally that she sort of shared his ruthlessness, and they were just two people who were just willing to take the main main chance, do whatever it took, kind of thing to indulge themselves and, and to create trouble and maybe get rescued if they could, sort of thing. But I don't think she's actually ruthless. I think she's young and she's uncontrolled um, in the way that she... Lydia, was Lydia still wild, something, and free? I can't remember the words yeah. that are used. Because she's never had, you know, that... Yeah. Mr Bennett's obviously kind of given up. Yeah. He's become more and more yeah. Yeah. inclined to, yeah. to, to indulge do, his... Yeah daughter's whims as he's got older and so where, where Jane and Lizzie seem to have been given some kind of yeah. disciplinary structure. He, he, he's given up. He's, he seems to have given up. So she just she gets a lot of attention yes. from acting in the way she does yes. and she's very young. She's 15 years of age yes. so you can see how yes. you know getting a lot of... age back then. <laughs> but she's, she's getting a lot of men. She doesn't have any kind of parental no. control. She no. doesn't have any and you know, and she's a flirt. And she's a flirt. And Mrs. Yeah. Bennet encourages yeah. all of that. So if you've got, mm -hmm. you know, your, your your mother kind of saying, "Well, this is the way you should behave because yeah. you're going to get a man this way." Well, why yeah. wouldn't she behave? That and you way? need a man because we need the money. We need the money. Yes, yeah. so if you want money, you need a man. And she's and very dogs. proud of herself for getting married first, mm. yes. with no consciousness of what she's done. No. She's just yeah. like, "Oh well, I beat all my sisters. <gasps> Tops yeah. for me. I'm only 15, and I'm the one that got married first. I, I, where did I read this? Um, just recently about the novel that. It's fascinating that in terms, you know, all that critique about Austen that she's not registering the Napoleonic Wars and all these big things that are going on around her Which characters. Which is just rubbish, yeah. And, and this, this writer said it's interesting, though, the way the militia are mm. represented entirely through the point of view of the young women. Yeah. Uh, they turn up and all these nice young men in their scarlet uniforms and everything. It's seen, they're seen entirely in their relationship to, to the possibilities that they can bring to the young women in, in the yeah. town. I thought well, that was a, a that. subterranean yeah. aspect of threat. They are the invading invading force in the town. Yeah. 
and they come in and they disturb the peace. And they cause and they all sorts cause of problems. cause all sorts of yeah. trouble. Yeah. Or, or they don't necessarily cause it. They become an outlet for those troubles to find expression. Well, so Lydia is already Lydia before yeah, the... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She's just got, you know, 50 men, single men who've yes. walked into the town that she can work with. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. exactly. She's got so many. <laughs> then allows her to expand it beyond Meryton to Brighton. So a whole encampment. I just love the fact that they exist to 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 um, facilitate the young women's flirtatious tendencies. But you know, Wickham again really is like the that. as the 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 icon of yes. the militia and what they yes. are. Yes. He runs up gambling debts. He's you know, when when he's being discussed in the aftermath of yes. what's happened, and you know, every, it turns yeah. out that is you know every tradesman's daughter has I been accosted. And yeah. <laughs> now that's hyperbole. It's it's a, the local gossip exaggerating his flaws. Yes, but yes. at the same time, that's the other side of the militia. Yeah. It's not just yeah. the flirtation and the dances and balls and the yeah. splendid uniforms. Mm. It's mm. also yeah the threat and disruption. They're a nasty lot. Well, they could be. They mm, can be. Mm, mm. Mm. Not, none of your noble um, military men. Well, they're certainly These dashing. Predatory. You yes. know, there, there's a lot made of, yes. you know, Mrs. Bennett comments about how, oh, how yes. dashing they are yes. in their red coats. And, As she says, I yeah. loved a, a, a red... She says to Lydia, yeah. don't she? I loved a red coat myself yes. in my youth. Exactly. So they're very sexually exciting. <laughs> they are. Oh, but they're just they're, they're, red. <laughs> yeah, but they're just a bit of a, a, a nuisance, boots, really. You know, yeah. really. Yeah. And the tight pants. And the tight pants. We won't go there. <laughs> Um, Jeff, you were talking a bit about uh, the politics of the novel. I was wondering if you wanted to go into more detail. Yeah, sure. Um, so, first of all, the related to the yeah. militia. So, I think that there is this subterranean acknowledgement of those grander... Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I, I did this in the last podcast and I, I've done it again. I don't really mean to suggest that they are more grand or more important yeah. than what Austin... Yeah, yeah concentrates that's a problematic on. assumption. Of, it's isn't a problematic itself? assumption. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the larger historical events that take place in the world around them have a an impact on the narrative yes, in do. the details of the militia being there, the, yes. the countryside being militarised, yes. um, and, and so that, that feeds into the narrative. Yeah. But the, narr- the, the text itself is very political mm. because of the way that it is interested in power and it's interested in the way that power is disseminated, um, how it acts upon individuals, how it disciplines individuals or fails to discipline them, Mm. what what troubles in the human character need to be controlled by external mechanisms and forces. And so the interest in the family is is one thing, the interest in um, the way in which young women are constructed as problems that need to be managed problems in some that need to be solved. way or another. Yes, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the yeah. options yeah. for young yeah. women yeah. are so restrained and constricted mm. that that creates mm. another set of, of problems, problems which are political mm. in nature as well. So I think that mm. for mm. me the novel is um, immensely political, it, it, but, yes. but it's not necessarily yes. so overtly interested in the wider historical yes. narratives. yes. But as we've, I think, come to relatively um, comfortably accept in academic circles in the last mm. 30 or 40 years, mm. th- that larger politics isn't the only valid politics. No, no. But, I mean, it, even even the larger politics is there, but in subtle ways. So, you know, mm. what is often overlooked about Bingley is his new money. You yes, know, he's yes, come out yes. of trade. Uh, yes, it's actually said that they the sisters don't quite... Talk about that. As yeah, much. they don't. They they emphasise that the their relations going back, you know, forever. Mm. But they don't mention. They don't like mentioning that the money as it comes from trade. trade exactly, and, 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 and they that's don't one have of the reasons. Like mushrooms. It's yes. one of the reasons that explains their really hostile reception to the gardeners. Yes, they don't want to be tainted by a, a acknowledgement of that oh, kind of association. So true, yeah. yeah, and I mean, that's yeah. why Bingley's there in the first yeah. place, because yes. he's looking to buy an estate. Yes. He's not from the landed gentry. He is a he newcomer. He has got money in order to buy into the gentry, but yes. he is not. Yes. Um, you know, he hasn't got years and years of, of, of property ownership like Darcy has behind him. So there's a real register sh- uh, shift registered there Absolutely. in the way power is distributed. Money now is, is just as important as family name. Yes. You know, Darcy yes. might have the family name, but look at look at Bingley. And you realise 
just listening to what you're saying about the desperation of Caroline Bingley. Yeah. Because she she miss she just she gets so blindsided by Lizzie. Yeah. And she is handles she, it all. Is she so setting herself up for Darcy yes. or is she setting Bingley up for Georgiana? Or is it both? No, I think she's no, both. she's setting herself oh no, she's setting a cap fiercely at Darcy. She's setting her cap fiercely, I, I always but she wants that. Bingley as well for Georgiana, I yeah, think. Yeah. Because yeah. no, I she, mean that there wasn't necessarily, I mean, yeah. you know, that's not There's a not point a in the narrative where, yeah. where Lizzie says, Poor Carolyn. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. <coughs> she said, I, I, "I'm pretty oh, sure but she's getting out both ways." With... I can't remember where that comes. Yeah, I don't remember either. I just, I, I, I she's just there to grab. Dar- she wants Darcy big time. Oh I yeah, yeah, say. yeah. She wants Darcy mm. big time. But yeah. I do think that she does want Bingley for Georgiana as well. Yes. Um, and that that's going to work in their favour. And she makes that stupid error that she thinks if she just criticises Lizzie to Darcy that that will make him see yeah. Lizzie the way she does and it's, it's such a miscalculation on her part Oh yeah, and it comes out of her desperation though and I, I just like relating that to the to the economics that you're bringing up Yeah, because obviously you've got that unholy conjunction between the new money and if they can buy themselves into the aristocracy then mm. and titles and landed blah blahs. And the aristocracy that, needed that money. They need it. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's this unholy yeah. well, kind the, the, of... Well, the icon for the aristocracy in the novel is Lady Catherine de Bourgh oh. and Anne. Yes. Um, the the, si- these pathetic two women the who... The sickly, do- is yeah. that, is sickly that daughter. Sickly daughter. The sickly yeah. daughter. Right, of Conrad in Castle of Otranto. Wonder, yeah. uh, helmet doesn't fall on her. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, and Lady Catherine de De Berg is so vile. Oh yeah, just this woman who who thinks she has a right to meddle in everything. Well, that's what she says about you know Darcy and yeah. and, and her daughter that um, that when they're in their cradles, you know her and, and Darcy's oh, yes. mother are plotting their yes. future marriage to shore up the dynasty. You know, it's I just, want it. Yeah, going to happen. <laughs> but she's completely actually powerless because nothing yeah. that she wants to happen yeah. ever does. And if you're talking about vulgarity, yeah, the vulgarity and the nastiness of her far outweighs mm. anyone else in the novel. Mrs. Poor Mrs. Bennet looks positively benign yeah. <laughs> compared to Lady Caroline. <laughs> I think that Caroline the, the, Catherine de Bourgh. Yeah, yeah, the 1995 adaptation does that so well when she's just standing there oh, and yes. wa- wandering around the garden and yelling and. <laughs> and she looks in cupboards and. Yeah. And, and she's just awful. It's, see, if Jeff was talking about the failure of patriarchy. Well, we can. It's not as if the novel gives any easy answers that, oh, well, let's have a matriarchy. No. It's, that's, that's, that's out of the question. Although Lady Catherine de Bourgh is, again, because systemically she has inherited a patriarchal system. Part of yes. the reason that she has little yes. power derives from the fact that she is a woman she and a matriarch, an matriarch can't yes. effectively embody the patriarch mm. because she lacks the equipage. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. But that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And that's why she's so inert. She can't really do anything. And the only thing she that can she can meddle. do is she can meddle and she can boss her yes, nephews around. Yes, but, but she, she has her property and she has her status. She can mm. condescend to Mister Collins. Uh, she, yes, yes, yes. And it's interesting. Do we? We don't actually see her in. She doesn't have much luck um, making other people in the novel toady to her, does she? I mean, Lizzie obviously really tells her off in no uncertain terms in those wonderful scenes. Mm. But um, yeah, are the shades it, of Pemberley to be thus polluted? Thus polluted. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I, I, I don't think anyone else has seen sort of bowing down at the de Bourgh. I mean, Charlotte Lucas mm. does. I mean, as Mrs. Collins does, yeah, but it's not in the same way as no. Mr. Collins. Oh, it's, no, it's more again all. with the eye to the advancement it's, of Mr. Yes. Collins and what she'll do what she has to. And but she's not going to worship rational, at the altar. Yeah. But it's kind of evasive. The but way I mean, even in, even in Mr. Collins, in that letter that he writes to Mr. Darcy, warning him yeah. that um, <laughs> that Lady Catherine de Bourgh doesn't approve of Darcy's marriage, and so therefore yeah. that that, uh, <laughs> that of Lizzie's mari- marriage yeah, to, to yeah. Mr. Darcy, yeah. um, and and that he needs to proceed cautiously. He's not advising Lizzie to not marry Mr. Darcy because I think again he can see his eye towards a greater prize to whom he can toady and kowtow yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, so even his obsequiousness has its limits in relation to Lady so Catherine de Bourgh. If there is a, I thought he was warning. He was warning, warning, him warning them to proceed with caution. Oh, was yeah. he? Oh, and I thought that he was telling him, don't do it, don't be silly. Oh, I I'll have to have a look at that. That again. it would invoke the displeasure of Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Oh. Hmm. Oh, and he's clearly setting himself that, up as a toady to, to Mr. Darcy. Oh. And the way he... Remember the first scene in which in which um, he discovers that Mr. Darcy is Lady Catherine de Bourgh's um, nephew oh, and he starts toadying up to, to him as well. So he will toady up to anybody it, yeah. who he can kind of... Latch on to. And what does he have to do? He has to, when they do become engaged, he has to retreat to Lucas Lodge, doesn't he? He has to get out of the yeah, because she's so furiously she's so angry. Furious and he has to just leave. The it's area. that brilliant image of her just sitting there stewing in her own bile. It's great. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's, she's such an endlessly funny character. But that's all about politics, as you're yeah. saying, Jeff. You know, the politics of families and family wealth and family position, yeah. and how that is going to be perpetuated and how you control that, given that you've got a whole lot of young people with their own desires who are likely to mess up your neat plans, you know, without so much as a buy your leave. And she is a victim of the system that yeah. she's grown up inside of. Mm. Oh, no, I she, suppose she is. She is yes. entirely yes. constructed. I don't like her. I'm not here. I don't I'm, like I'm her either. No, 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 no. You're not meant to like her. It's no, 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 absolutely not. Well, yeah. not she's I'm a not great villain. But as Jeff said, she is. And she's also from a kind of different world because remember yeah. this is the time when marriage was was shifting from a kind of you know, economic arrangement, yes. which it still is. Yes. But there's, like, more of a, you know, interest in effective unions. The, the, yeah, in, you the know, companionate The companionate marriage. marriage. Yes. So yes. that's represented yes. by Elizabeth and Darcy. Yes, it is. But there's also yes. so many marriages in the yes. novel, yes. presumably her one, which uh, is about shoring up money and titles and, yes. and love has nothing yes. to do Lo- with no, it. Nothing whatsoever. This is a changing world, yes. you know, where love yes. is becoming the reason you get married rather than kind of, well, well it might novels, happen anyway. The novels you know? want to see it as a changing world, don't they? I, I sometimes wonder to what extent the novels are actually registering a social change or trying to promote. Or trying to create it. Create it, yes. That's an interesting and question. And trying to really shore up through the romance plot the ideal of a companionate marriage mm. in the absence of the w- real working of that ideal. That, that's what fascinates me about the general politics of the romance plot, what it's actually doing. Mm. Is it is it promoting mm. that idea of the companionate yes, marriage yes, or is it actually... Yes, yes. is it registering yeah. or is it actually trying to impose a way of behaving? Because that's... That comes out in a lot of criticism of what of the novel mm-hmm. as a pernicious form, doesn't it? That it that it, it shows things that people should not actually be doing, mm. and sensation fiction mm. cops mm. all this flack. But realist fiction did too, and that whole idea that the novel is going to put desires into people's heads, and it's going to be the end of civilization as we know it. And I was just wondering how much the romance plot and the companionate marriage gets caught up. In, mm. the, in the politics of reading and what it's doing, and because it seems to me that if you push something as hard as romance is pushed in the nineteenth century, it means that it's a weak thing, not a strong thing. Mm. That you don't, if it was really working, and if this change was really happening in a way that that was you know, good and acceptable or whatever, you wouldn't have to have this endless reiteration of the romance plot. Well, I mean, even in, in Pride and Prejudice, you can say how many, how, or sorry, how few mm. actual companionate marriages are, apart from the gardeners yes. mm. and Elizabeth yes. and Darcy. Yes. There's none. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, it, it doesn't Well, work. Mr. Yeah. Bennet and Mrs. Bennet. Originally. Are a companionate marriage as well, but they're, the, they're, they're, the, they're, they're what goes wrong yeah. in companionate marriage, yeah. whereas the gardeners yeah. seem to be what could go right. Yeah. Yes. And, and there's certainly a worrying, at least, over what marriage is and does, what it should be. Yeah. Mm. And and I think that that's unresolved, and so yes, that's part so of the, the the ending of the novel. Yeah. Insofar as it resolves the romance plot, yes. it resolves it in an institution that has been demonstrated to be troublesome, problematic, Flawed. fraught mm, mm, throughout mm, the novel, mm, mm, and so therefore it does leave it at a point where there is a seemingly happy ending, but mm, that there are lots of different ways in which that could go. Mm, that that could be troubling. We, we're kind of given a, the, the after. Yeah, we yeah. are. 
yeah. information yeah, I think that we is are suggesting that it does turn out. I think so. Mm. Yes, I think so. Especially with Elizabeth and Darcy. Not maybe. Well, I think the Bingleys always um, stay happy, but they get preyed upon. Yes. But I think you're right. Yes, we are to believe in Elizabeth and Darcy. Yeah. And I think we're to believe in all of Austen's marriages. Yes. You know, yes. she doesn't. You know, with with the main kind of central yes. figures, anyway. Where are we, we? We kind of are left with that very pleasing, kind of fulfilling, you know, idea of them as as a married couple. But the That's views the of the, 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 the all of them as marriage couples is in at a distance. Yeah. So it it's mm. the idyllic portrait mm. of the marriage from the outside. Yes. Mm. Without investigating yes. Yes. inside yes. what is yes. Well, and, and actually that's quite different with Elizabeth and Darcy because you do get a, a little glimpse of their married life where she's always teasing him and he yes. learns to kind and of laugh sister, at it. And, yeah, and he he's, learns to be a little bit more like yeah, Lizzie. Exactly. Yeah, and so yeah, you get an you yeah, get an insight, but when what yeah. she doesn't do really with many of the others is is show you that she zooms out straight away. Mm. He just says, yeah. Oh, you know, they were happy and yes. this I'm What gonna... did she say? What a lady always yeah. And I was just thinking that that this is it in Emma where the, is it Admiral Croft and his wife? That's, that's persuasion. That's, oh, where, where she drives? Yeah, okay. And she, um, and they're very close. And he, they, there's some scenes where um, he's driving, but she takes the reins. Yeah. Kind of, mm. and, and there's that idea of. And that. she's she's a sailor's wife, and she yes. goes with him on the and boat. And she goes yeah. everywhere with him, and mm. and you get the impression that is a deeply happy marriage, mm. because the power shifts between them. Yeah. And it, so it's persuasion. That's interesting. Mm. I, so. Yeah, I, I, I just, I think it, it, it's, it's hard to know to what extent, you know, the action of time on romance and, and age setting in and, and mm. sexual attraction not always being what it was and all those kinds of life things. It is sort of, that's, if you ask me why I like Pride and Prejudice, I guess it's because the novel at certain levels can ignore that reality. Yeah. We get to the end. And everybody lives happily ever after. And I mean, and to go back to the kind of original point that you make, because Elizabeth and Darcy are so likable as as hero and heroine. I mean, Darcy's yeah. got his problems at the beginning, but yes. you know, you you you're given enough to know that he's a a good man. Yes, underneath it all, yes. even when you think he is proud. That's right. Um, it's yeah. it's very easy to kind of not focus on those kind of real systemic problems that yes. that. Um, that Austen throws up around the institution of marriage and the way power is distributed in marriage because yes. you just focus on they're so great yes. and they're so great together and yes. it obviously works. Love conquers all. Yeah, that it's, yes. it's easy to kind of yes. not read the politics of yes. it, I think, yes. and just to focus yes. on the happy ending and the, you kind of the, mm. the, um, the, progr- the progress of the um, romance. And then I wonder if there's a way in which Jane Austen's wit and irony actually asks us to be more sceptical about the endings and about the love conquers all thing. Yeah, I think I think I think so. Because she's got that. Wow, she. I just love everything is said and then it's undercut. And well, I mean that's even what? from the first sentence, you know. Yes. I mean, it, it's, it's a, a truth, truth universally acknowledged that a man, a single fortune, man in possession of good fortune, must be in want of a wife. I mean, there's levels life. of irony in that, and that is just. It, where does the irony reside in that sentence? Yeah. It's in universally acknowledged, isn't it? <laughs> because it's not. Yeah, and I mean, well, is it truth? truth? <laughs> yeah. And what type of truth? You, yeah, you yeah, automatically yeah, have yeah. to... Yeah. Well, it's so... That's Jane Austen, isn't yes. it? She, you really cannot underestimate... And, and also on the, the, the question of want. Yeah. Yes. So whether it's yes, desire or lack yes. or a, a yes. combination of yes. both and... Yeah. I think deconstruct almost every sentence in the novel and find those layers of complexity so maybe there's something in the actual fabric of the narration and the language that makes us be because we are all we we love Austen but we're all skeptical in our different ways Mm. about the resolutions of the plot and maybe it's not just us being brilliantly (laughs) skeptical maybe we are responding to to the actual the language itself. Well, the one that always makes me kind of think of the, the the line that always makes me think of that is the end of Northanger Abbey when she says to find true happiness at the age of seventeen and nineteen or whatever it is, um, is is you know truly special indeed. And I'm like, are you sneering at us? Yes. Um, you know, mm-hmm. down your <laughs> she, yeah, she exactly. Cuts everything. Exactly. And and whether this is to 
um, support parental tyranny or yeah. or um, whatever. I leave that to the or, reader. Or, yeah, or to, reward yeah. Di- disobedience. Disobe- yeah, exactly. Disobe- She's never straightforward. She knows. She's just the most knowing writer. Yeah. She's just, yeah. you can imagine this, yeah. you know, quiet yes. woman sitting there and going, hmm, yes. I, I understand how this is all working. Yes. And yes. I'm going to, you know, it, it's like taking to society with a scalpel. People don't oh, read. Is. People her. don't understand that. You, yeah, you talk a lot of tripe about her. Yeah, the dear Aunt Jane thing oh, that we talked about in our sakes. last podcast. Yeah, she's lethal. Yeah, she is wonderfully, wonderfully lethal. Mm. Yeah, and and there's so many examples, brilliant examples of that in, in yes. um, Pride and Prejudice. You know, oh, Mary. Yes, yes. I mean, we haven't even really yes. talked about Mary that much, but she's so no. brilliantly kind yeah, of done, and yeah, Lady Catherine yeah. and Mr. Collins, yeah, and even you know, yeah. very very minor figures. Yeah. And, um, and Kate, the other sister, is it Kitty, Kitty. Kitty, yes. <laughs> it's dragged along in Lydia's way. Like, yeah. Well, and also the way that everybody. <laughs> Everybody is so cognizant of all the flaws of all the other people and are willing to exploit them to their fullest. Yeah. You know, so Mary can be exploited in order to attract Mr. Collins' attention away from other people because, you know, they all know how obsessed she is with religiosity and sermonizing and what have you. And showing off her own intelligence. And showing off her own intelligence, which which is entirely. Yeah. Limited. Yeah. A self-perception of intelligence, perhaps. It, doesn't yeah. it make you wonder what kind of people Austen was surrounded by? Yeah. What kind mm. of families mm. actually gave her this um, miraculous education into the sheer nastiness of family life? Yeah, I've always thought that... Clergy. The clergy. The clergy. There's nothing like yeah. the clergy for <laughs> gaining <laughs> insight into uh, human failings. Hypocrisy yeah. <laughs> 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 But people yeah. talk about Jane Austen as this, you know, deeply devout woman. And oh, I'm like, the way she represents... The, she, she may have been... <laughs> Privately, but the way she represents the oh, institution no. of the clergy oh, no, is just no, no. unbelievable. Yeah. You know, mm, she mm. she shows you all the hypocrisy, all the mm. stupidity of of, yes. of the institutions that she's surrounded yes, by. She does. She's, she's cynical is not the word. It's 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 more it's more interesting than that, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's um, but it's least. It's, well, the line that always comes up for me yeah. is Mr. Bennett's line about why do we exist, mm. but to. Like to provide sport for our neighbours and laugh at them in our turn. Um, Again, the irony. The irony. Yes. Yes. But it's also, you know, so we all acknowledge, we laugh at other people, we are flawed humans, and we we understand that we're going to be laughed at as well. And I think there's that double-sided vision that Austen has where there is the the satire, but it's not blindly unaware no, of the failings no. of the, the self mm. and the limitations of, of other yes. positions. It's, it's aware of the limitations yes. of all positions yes. and it, mm. it sets them in dialogue with each other and, yes. and, and creates drama out of um, a group of people who, for the most part, see themselves as acting yes. well. Yes. Mm. yes, yes, yes. And how do you become a decent human being yeah. in the face of all this? Mm. Yeah, in the yeah. social world which yes. we all have to yes. negotiate. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I think that's a, a brilliant place to end this discussion. Thank you. This well, has been a delightful you. idea, oh, Lee. We've enjoyed ourselves. I mean, we're pretty much going to have to do one for every Austin novel now. Aren't yes. Oh no! Are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'll come on, Jeff. You uh, love yeah, it. No, look, no dragging of the feet. You can't leave us now. How can you ever tire of talking about Austin? <laughs> no, we, we never do. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Steph. Uh, So this has been another episode of From the Lighthouse. Um, If you could please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be extremely helpful. And we'll be back with you again in about a week or so. Thank you. Bye.